This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3129 for Thursday the 30th of July 2020. Today's show is entitled Follow Up on HPR 3122. It is hosted by Zen Floater 2 and is about 36 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Follow Up on HPR 3122 and more percent more undescribed. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. got my recorder going. It looks like it is. I decided to do a follow-up episode on one of my own episodes, Hacker Public Radio 3122, Dev1 Review dash and commentary with the subtitle Dev1 Review plus I talk about race, which I've clearly posted right on the top of that, that show. And uh, I thought I would do a follow-up on the uh, that show and add a few extra things that I forgot to add that have that have cropped up that have been made aware to me uh, about the um, the Supreme Court decision to uh, basically nullify the state of Oklahoma and restore the uh, territories the Indian territories to full national state. That uh, in addition to everything else I said in Hacker Public Radio thirty one twenty two. Apparently, the royalties of the oil and gas revenue will be in question themselves because the uh, Indian nations own all those royalties. They own all the the uh, mineral-producing segments of that land. And so there probably will be a lawsuit against the state of Oklahoma and the United States government for allowing their oil and gas uh, resources to be sold on the open market. They're, they're going to want their money back, in other words. So that is pending and that will be coming up as well. Which is even bigger than talking about severance taxes and stuff like that. I mean, that's going to be trillions of dollars worth of stuff. And who knows uh, what the settlement will be on that. I don't care to speculate, but there will be some form of lawsuit. So um, that will be a shock to both the United States and the state of Oklahoma. And will the state of Oklahoma survive that? I just don't know. Uh, Can you bankrupt a state? Again, uh, if we look at New York City and, and New York State, well, they're not bankrupt. If we look at the United States of America and the way they print money and run the debt up, they're not bankrupt either, so I don't know. Uh, These are all just funny things, but I I thought I would uh, review uh, some of the commentary. I did get some comments 
from uh, my show, Hacker Public Radio 3122. And I thought I would just read through them and uh, address or choose not to address them. And I won't even read the names of the people that posted it, but the first comment was, Politics, this podcast is more about American politics than a Devon Debian, to be honest. And that's true. Uh, It is. I did not put percentages in my title. Maybe I should do that. I I don't know what you're implying, but... um, Certainly, there's been some titles posted to Hacker Public Radio and, and other places, YouTube, for instance, which may not be perceived as relevant to the actual show content. That's true. Next comment is uh, from someone who says that purposely misleading episode is the title of his comment. For all listeners, there is two minutes of discussion about DevOne and the remaining 32 are political commentary. I will no longer trust or listen to this contributor. We'll move on. The next post is uh, one that says updated show notes. We do not listen to shows prior to posting to ensure hosts are given the freedom of speech. Now, obviously, this is from an administrator of Hacker Public Radio. The administrator goes on to mark a reference of uh, a particular page of Hacker Public Radio that explains uh, their policy on not monitoring uh, monitoring uh, moderating content moderating let me pronounce that correctly uh, as noted by the commentators the show notes do not accurately reflect the content of the episode I have therefore updated the show notes to more accurately reflect the content discussed well let me be specific to that comment I didn't put any show notes in uh, the show notes were put in by someone else, and they grabbed a, a um, apparently a reference from Wikipedia about DevOne and posted it in there. But no, I, I never posted any show notes. I, did, I left that blank. I put in none or something like that. Didn't put in any at all. So, no, sir, I did not misrepresent that show at all. I didn't even type that. Anyway, um... The Hacker Public Radio moderator also said that, uh, well, he did say that they updated the show notes to more accurately reflect the content. And what was posted was a significant portion of the show relates to the U.S. Supreme Court decision in the case of McGirt versus Oklahoma and speculation as to possible ramifications. Well, that's true, and I did not post that either. Uh, you did. And I chose not to post it uh, because this has been carried on in the news on a half a dozen professional journalists on uh, BitChute, on Library, on YouTube. It has not gone mainstream, but I chose not to post the specific court case because most people will read through that as I have and not make a lot of sense of it. I mean, you, you could read through it, and it uh, it talks about the the technical arguments that they were going to put in front of the Supreme Court, but it really doesn't uh, doesn't help. It just confirms that it happened. It, it doesn't hap- It doesn't con- 
doesn't actually explain the ramifications of what all this means. Um, for that, you you have to be um, a trial lawyer or someone of a legal background and do a journalism show and discuss all the ramifications of it. And I'm just basically reiterating what I've been listening to on these shows. <coughs> but uh, in, in, in so many of the cases, when, when something like this gets started, uh, the actual jagged line for, for what did happen or, or what they'll actually do, for instance, one of the other possibilities that I need to put out there is the possibility that the Indian nations might decide not to do anything and just decide, well, we'll just stay the same way we were, and it'll be basically an ungoverned territory like U.S. possession. you got to remember that the, the Indian nations were never states. They're not applying for statehood. They are autonomous nations, and in part of the, the write-up and also the commentary that I've heard, they're indicating that there will still be federal jurisdiction over these Oklahoma territories. And even that is in question because... Um, there doesn't seem to be any indication that the the Indian nations in question uh, gave any grant or signed any agreement that they would be ruled by the federal government. In other words, be a part of the federal government as a possession. That is also in question. And again, there'll be another court case over that. So whether or not we will fall under federal law and you know, digital millennium copyright and everything, federal income taxes, the whole nine yards, is in question. Whether or not we'll remain, excuse me, a possession of the United States of America is in question. Just just to lay that out there. So But I, I did want to clarify that because some statements were made that are misleading. Again, I did not put in that show, in the show notes anything more specific other than the title for the show which is dev1 review slash or dash and commentary and the subtitle which are required to put in dev1 review plus i talk about race again as i recall i put in none for the show notes uh, all the show notes that you read here people every bit of it was put in by a hacker public radio volunteer not me all i did was the audio and I want to make that very clear. I also want to make it clear that they did it, they handled this in a very professional manner. And uh, they are the rulers of this network, so they'll do whatever they want to do. And I can't stop them, control them, or anything else. And don't necessarily want to. But when I click on the link, stuff you need to know, and I'll just do so. It says that we do not vet, edit, moderate, or in any way censor any of the shows on this network. That is the first line from the link that I click on. We do not edit. That's what they're saying. <clears throat> but they did. They added all that stuff. So I didn't have I didn't put any of that in there. And, of course, the last comment is very interesting to listen, or very interesting listen, uh, probably more interesting than the episode about DevOne, to be honest. Well, you know, uh, let me just say something about that. You know, I'm I'm back to running OpenBSD on the Dell Mini 10 because, you know, I love it. 
I run, I, I'm running the i3 D6 version of OpenBSD 6.7, and as with any distribution, there's not much to talk about until they make a release, and then maybe you could talk about a few of the new features, but you know, I generally don't do that. Um, I, I think just having conversation, like front porch conversations, open and free speech is good, and I believe that Hacker Public Radio upheld that. You know, my show wasn't blocked, canceled, or the audio edited in any way, and I appreciate that. But I did want to make true uh, and, and just, you know, flat out right say it, that for all the people that are saying that my show notes are misleading, I, I didn't enter any show notes, and I just want to make that totally clear. There are no show notes uh, that, that were typed by me on the keyboard when I submitted this show. I just put in none. And I'll probably continue to do so because I find the the idea or the concept that you're going to hold us accountable to show notes that any one of the show producers could make a mistake on to be ridiculous. I mean, if you don't like the commentator, don't listen to them, certainly. But I, I don't see how a pre-edit in text is going to help you. But at any rate, uh, maybe we should just make all of my shows um, and mark them as, um, what is the term here, is flagged as a clean and, un- and released under the CC by SA license. They didn't change the flagging of it. So, really, Hacker Public Radio didn't do anything other than just add the the show notes. I I don't see a point to flagging my shows as, um, what was the term that they used? Let me go ahead and click on his link again and see what term they used for that. Uh, A show that might be questionably explicit. Yeah, there it is, the term explicit content. I've always assumed that explicit content would be... um, either something of a mature perhaps sexual content which I did talk about a pedophile or using extremely bad foul language or something like that perhaps I also did click on and listen to the Hacker Public Radio 2210 episode which is recommended on the site where the author talks about uh, some form of either rock and roll music or maybe punk music and how they had some bad graphical content or something under wraps so that when somebody bought a CD they they would be exposed to something that may, they might have found objectionable. I found the show interesting. I'm not complaining about it. But I'm not sure how that would apply to this situation either other than he concludes saying that um, most adults should have pants up you know, when they're listening to a show. And Let's be very clear that the internet is not the public broadcasting band. It's not like ABC, CBS, NBC, or even the BBC, where the only way um, a viewer can edit out content is to basically turn the key, the TV set off and wait a half hour for that show to end, or change channels. You can choose not to listen to anything that you want. And as far as making it, uh, let's see, the, probably the only other exception would be for children. 
people playing the show openly for children, which would require them to pre-edit it on their own. And I would suggest that you do that before you play it publicly anyway, because, uh, frankly, what people find as objectionable varies widely. And um, I'm not criticizing what people find as objectionable. But when I, I go back through this commentary, like the one that said, for listeners, there's two minutes of discussion on DevOne and the remaining 32-year political commentary, it's almost like he's making a complaint about a misleading episode, even though I was very clear in my title that it was about those two subjects, DevOne Review, plus I talk about race, and it's right there in print. Now, I'm not giving you percentages, but it almost gives me the impression that you're complaining about what I'm talking about rather than the percentages of the content. Either way, that's still legitimate. Um, if you choose not to listen, that's fine. Do a pre-edit and, or don't listen to me anymore. Whatever. Tis a free world. I thought I would also um, take some time to... Uh, to cover something that Brian Lunduk here recently, Brian Brian Lunduk did on YouTube recently, where he uh, Brian was uh, talking about um, the bad points of being anonymous on the internet. For instance, uh, you know I'm using Zenflutter two as my handle here in Hacker Public Radio. Most people have a fictitious handle like a hookah or Clatu. Uh, which is a reference from the movie uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still, I think, or um, or others. Uh, yet others like Ken Fallon, for instance, does apparently not have a, a pseudonym. Um, the first thing I'd like to say about being anonymous is that there's, there's nothing really wrong with it because if you look at the banking world, when you transfer funds, or maybe sometimes when you transfer funds with Bitcoin or Litecoin or one of these others, you're using a number to do it or, or some um, other data block that makes you anonymous. Um, anonymous activity happens in the government with social security numbers, for instance. Uh, if you think about the, the number of ways that we can be anonymous, uh, like with your car tag, for instance, uh, to most people you are anonymous, only to the state uh, you are not anonymous. Um, there are a multitude of ways that people have been anonymous uh, before the internet existed as a medium. So I, I kind of disagree with Brian's comments about why it's bad to be anonymous. And I posted his first video to Gab. And uh, of course, I got flack there too. I get flack all the time. <laughs> and. Uh, they were saying that Brian was basically just looking for a way to where they could have corporate-approved speech. In other words, this is what they call cancel, cancel culture, uh, where they're going to control what you have to say. And I sort of took the comment that the man made that, you know, I'm misleading with two minutes of Debian and 32 minutes of political commentary as somewhat cancel culture. You know, it's I was very clear in what I said, and he's basically complaining that I, I did what I said I was going to do. He didn't like it. 
such is the case, Brian's complaint is, I gather, that a few people bother him uh, based on his religion or maybe based on um, the, 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 the kinds of subject he talks about with retro computing and, and stuff like that. And uh, he claims that he had to literally ban a couple people off of YouTube for, uh, for doing it. Then he makes another video, and I'll post a link to that, where he says basically the whole world came after him. Uh, he, uh, he got something over an 80% rejection for his commentary in the first video about why he thinks being anonymous should be basically illegal, I guess and uh, continued to maintain his stance that he doesn't think being anonymous um, is, is, a, is a good thing or that protects your identity, you know, your, your privacy. Well, certainly we could all make the argument that if you gave somebody's full name over the Internet, there is a possibility that they could use that to access your credit card information, which is, well, again, numbers, anonymous numbers, or bank account information or trash you up with the government, or do some other malicious thing, which people are doing all the time. They're doing it constantly. I mean, cancel culture is a, a method where we tear down people's independent thought and let them know that free speech is not okay. In other words, to be an American is not okay. And uh, that seems to be a, a trend or a mode globally. Not that I'm saying that Hacker Public Radio in any way indicated that free speech is bad. They haven't. They have not. They have not canceled the show. Uh, they have not edited my audio content or even criticized me for my audio content. So um, they are true to their word when you go to their Hacker Public Radio or stuff you need to know about PHP not moderated that they do not pre-listen to shows and uh, they do not edit them that's not to say that they don't defend themselves in the case of the musician from Louisiana and I've forgotten his name who played some music on his I believe it was a Yamaha player piano here a year or so ago that I intently listened to and the show was apparently deleted because it would violate copyright the Digital Millennium Copyright Act <clears throat> and uh, certainly if um, my territory, the one I live in now, the National Forest that, was, that we went to the Supreme Court back in 1972 and uh, had that land around the Illinois River declared as a national preserve, you know, a national forest, the, the area that I live in, Zen Floater, the part Native American person. Um, certainly if, if the lawsuit goes through and the Indian nations leaves the federal government, we will not be obligated to follow the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. I'm certain of that. We won't be obligated to follow any federal laws. And therefore, maybe at some point in the time, we can make a website which will allow people to post musical content without fear of a lawsuit or reprisal. And believe me, when you look at hunting rights and everything else, Native Americans have this magic ability through their law 
and through their agreements with the federal government to do things that normal people cannot do and cannot get away with. So maybe that'll be a possibility for the future, so that, that might be one bright thing. Let me uh, pause this for a second, because I did find a link uh, from a young man who did a review on some music. I'm going to pull it up just a second here. Okay, I, I have found the link. Um, believe it or not, when I was playing Brian's videos on YouTube, Brian Linduke's videos, I, I noticed this, and the, the title of this YouTube video is called the Girl from Ebenema is a far weirder song than you thought. And it's done by an Adam Neely. And he goes into detail about the melody chords and, and how the song was composed. Um, getting into detail, I guess, about Brazilian culture. Brazilian bossa nova. Anyway, at the end of this video, Adam mentions that on the Curiosity stream and Nebula for $15 per year. Apparently musicians can post and replay more than say 5 or 6 seconds of clips of video in order to do commentary like Adam Neely is doing on this song. And so many of the songs he could only play, you know, 4 or 5 seconds of the different versions of the girl from Ebenema to make his points because the Digital Millennium Copyright Act wouldn't allow him to play the full song. But apparently on this Curiosity Stream and Nebula thing that he's pointing out, which I will also post the link to that, to Adam Neely's uh, thing here, you can do more than that legally somehow. So maybe they have the appropriate licenses to do it. I, I don't know. Anyway, that's just something that I uh, I picked up on uh, while I was um, reviewing Brian Lunduk's content. So at any rate, uh, somewhere in here I was reading. I think it was on Hacker Public Radio's Need to Know page, maybe. Here we go. Yeah, we, I'll just read the entire uh, page. Your show will not be moderated. We do not vet, edit, moderate, or in any way censor any of the shows on the network. We trust you to do that. Aside from checking snippets for audio quality, spam checking, which I'm not sure what he means by spam checking. Maybe they, they get people that run advertisements on here or something. We have a policy that we don't listen to shows before they're aired. This is a long-standing tradition arising from the fact that HBR is a community of peers who believe that any host has as much right to submit shows as any other. Uh, second topic, your show will be signaled as containing explicit content. Given that we are an open forum, which means you could put a show about just about anything on here for free speech, we signal all our shows as explicit 
with the assumption that the listener will apply the required discretion when playing the shows in public. That said, the majority of our content is technical in nature and therefore is often considered appropriate for any audience. Well, if it's an open forum, the majority, the, the fact that the majority of your shows is of a technical nature is um, just a point of fact. Most of the people on here are talking about computer or technology, but there are a few talking about redoing matchbox cars or uh, building bicycles or whatnot. I mean, these, these show topics do vary all over the board. So I don't think that they're trying to say that the content of Hacker Public Radio has to be of a highly technical nature or, you know, about computers or electronics or... Uh, something of that nature that would be scientific. If you feel that your show will be considered inoffensive in every region of the world, then you can signal that when you upload your show. Well, you know, I don't have a poll, and it might be interesting to take a poll from the Hacker Public Radio community to just let me know directly in the comments if you feel that the contents of this show or the one titled Hacker Public Radio 3122 should be marked as explicit and why. I mean, that might be interesting just to, to read the results of that to find out what the opinions of people are as to what they think explicit shows uh, are. You know, what makes a show explicit because just the term explicit and trying to define that out, again, it's a highly um, objective term. Just as objective as this link to McGirt versus Oklahoma that was posted in here uh, in my show notes by Hacker Public Radio volunteers because it doesn't really specifically state anything. It just states the arguments that are going in front of the Supreme Court it doesn't make any conclusions it's highly it's all subjective anyway I think I'll let it go at that because I, I think I've put out enough those are two interesting subjects that maybe we'll get some input back from the community on and see what they have to say about it but the one thing that I do respect about Hacker Public Radio, you know, that I understand is they need to protect themselves from financial loss due to lawsuits or having to hire attorneys over things involving like the Digital Millennium Copyright Act where you're playing music or something of that nature where they could be sued and lose money in the process. You know, it would cost them money. It would cost them uh, time. Uh, out of their lives to go in and do this and in that regard I also want to stipulate that I did not ask Hacker Public Radio to add these show notes to my show about Devon or McGirt versus Oklahoma because I specifically didn't want them I said none again the reason I didn't post the complaint which is what that is 
is it's meaningless. It does prove that it existed, but they could get that from other media sources if they bothered to follow it. But it also tells me one other thing that was very important, and I have to thank the Hacker Public Radio person for doing it. It tells me that it's the consensus of most of the people on Hacker Public Radio that they were totally unaware of this subject, that they don't normally follow media sources that cover major events like this, and most of the public was not aware of the um, the fact that the state of Oklahoma is largely defunct and it's gone and will probably be sued out of existence here shortly they, they had no idea that this happened and so by posting this uh, he's basically validating that the story is at least true in that part I also want to state that I made no determinations in the audio as to what direction I think they'll go. I'm just listing out the paths as he as he lists here. Speculation as to possible ramifications. That is just exactly it. It's speculation. It's just me repeating what other trial lawyers and journalists have said in the industry about this subject. The possible avenues that they they could go on. And um, certainly if I see anything pop up in the Creek Nation or uh, Cherokee Nation governmental um, actions, I'll bring them up on a show in the future. But that's probably going to be a ways off. I'm sure that they're all having private meetings with their attorneys because most of these nations are basically just a body of trial lawyers. I went to college at Northeastern State University in Tahlequah, Oklahoma and uh, there was a large body of Cherokee lawyers uh, that I would associate with in uh, one of the community halls there uh, from way back when and uh, basically these nations are just again large groups of attorneys that sue the federal government for benefits and that's what their structure had been post the dissolvement and I I know for a fact having talked to a couple of them this week no one from the Cherokee Nation anyway was even remotely of the mindset that they were going to be handed back their territory and this their nation in such a brief amount of time is as, as what's just happened I mean they, they, they've been making no plans on it or, or having any discussions on it it just came into them out of the blue. So if you think about it, they've got like 5,000 frigging things that they have to do now. For instance, if you're a county in the state of Oklahoma, like the county I live in, which is Delaware County, by the way, uh, which is part of the National Reserve that I was referring to. We've already been to the Supreme Court back in 1972 on, on that land. All the laws of that county, of Delaware County, are in fact based on Oklahoma laws so they, each individual county of which there are hundreds will have to make decisions whether or not the Cherokee Nation decides on anything or the Creek Nation decides on anything or the Pawnee or Chick- Chickasaw or Choctaw Nations decide anything they're going to have to make their own independent decisions as to whether and maybe it will be put to a vote as to whether they want to continue to keep on their roles the state laws that they have decided they're going to enforce in passant 
Same thing holds true for cities because cities are, are going to be in worse shape than counties in that they are incorporated uh, with the state of Oklahoma. And if the state of Oklahoma doesn't exist anymore, then neither does your town legally. So towns like Tulsa and uh, towns like Muskogee, towns like Tahlequah, towns like Jay, Oklahoma, and several others that I could mention, Hugo, Oklahoma, which is the home of Carl Albert, the former Speaker of the House from the 60s, the man I used to write letters to during the Vietnam War. Uh, all of these towns don't exist. So what are you going to do about that? So it just it just keeps pancaking, keeps getting worse. I'm going to go ahead and, and cut it off because I think that was enough of a show for this time. And I'm going to go ahead and post it and thank everybody for your commentary. It was very interesting reading and I, I'm sure uh, everyone had fun doing it. All of them. Even the, the people that apparently don't like me. <laughs> Goodbye for now from Zen Floater, your favorite magical forest squirrel, former human being converted into squirrel by aliens in the 1960s, and you did hear me say that. Good night, folks. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.